Hey everybody, welcome to the Beautiful Shifts podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Chantel. We're so excited to share with you some inspiring stories. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now it's easier to walk I can see the road before me I am not afraid All right, welcome to the Beautiful Shifts podcast. We're so excited today. We have Cami Banks, and um, yeah, we're just going to dive right in. So, um, Cami is a wife and mother of how many children? Can you remind me, Cami? Yeah, four kids. Four, four children. Okay. She is a food movement and mind coach, and she is also a certified triathlon life and weight coach. Cami loves working with moms on their journey to create their healthy selves. She loves competing, racing, and helping others do Ironman triathlons. She has a passion for finding natural meds in life to help herself and others live their biggest, best, and healthiest lives. Cami offers these tools to all moms who want to embark on a health journey together. Cami has had a bittersweet shift in her life since her mom passed away in September of 2019. Today, we're lucky enough to get to hear from her story, from her about her story and how the shift has influenced her life. So, so thanks so much, yeah. Cami. Yeah, we just um, really quickly how we know Cami is from our good friend Stephanie is her sister-in-law. So we feel like we know a lot about you because <laughs> Stephanie always talks about how much she loves yeah. you and just loves to be around you. And so I felt like I knew you before I knew you. And then my husband, you knew my husband back in junior high. So back when we were young chumps. <laughs> yes, yes, a little young. Yeah, back in the day. So we're just happy to have you here and. We've listened to your podcast and love what you have to say and what you have to offer. And so it's super exciting to yes. have you here. So so excited to be here. Right. I love talking. I love connecting. It's my favorite thing in the world. So Oh, that's probably why. Yeah, that's probably why you and Stephanie are so close because that's like, <laughs> and, and, and that's our favorite thing too. Obviously, yeah. that's why we started the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we're just really grateful you made the time for us. So thanks so much. And I do. I love listening to your podcast. You're just very wise and fun and upbeat. So anyway, we're super happy to have you. So, um, we thought, is there, do you have like a fun or interesting fact or story you you could share with us that just gives us a little glimpse into who you are a little more? Sure. I was trying to think about that today on the bike. I'm like, what is fun about me? Cause I don't know. Like I just know me. Yeah. Probably the thing which people that listen to my podcast know, but I, I actually hate chocolate. So it's ironic that I, I haven't eaten since I was like eight. I got really sick from it and then I swore that it made me sick and I haven't eaten it. And the only kind of chocolate I'll eat is my sister has Kelsey's chocolate, which is a raw chocolate. So I've only eaten hers since then. And I've been married for like 20 years and all my siblings, they always try to get me to eat chocolate and I, I still won't, but I'll only eat hers. So I would say that's the thing, like I'll eat nothing with chocolate in it. Yeah. So that's probably interesting. And then the other aspect of that is that I could like challenge anyone in a watermelon probably contest and like scouts, anyone I will do and I can beat everyone. And I like, sometimes I'll buy four or five watermelons a week and we'll oh, eat them. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I just cut them in half and eat it. I mean, I've been doing it for so long that like, it's just, That's awesome. it's just like, where's the watermelon? As soon as this I watermelon know, I need to have watermelon. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure in your podcast, you mentioned you love watermelon, right? I remember that. <laughs> yes, All yes. my clients send me like watermelon this, watermelon that. It's so cute. So I just have like tons of watermelon stuff, everyone. And then we like, oh, watermelon, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Think of, yeah. Now every time we have a watermelon, we'll think of you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we'll just start, I guess, maybe like where you grew up and some of the stuff that like stood out in your growing, you know, up years and that, how that affected who you are today. Yeah. So just kind of like share with share with you that. So I grew up in Little Falls and I have one older brother, which is kind of fun because now my oldest brother lives next to me. And then there was me. And then I had five more brothers. And every time my mom would get pregnant again, I'd be like, I want a sister. I want a sister. No sisters. And so when I was 16, um, my mom finally had a girl and I was so happy. And to this day, she's like my best friend. She's the one who does the chocolate. So um, it's just me and her. We're the only girls in the family. So, which you'll hear later, my mom passed away. Like we totally are each other's like everything to each other. Cause we don't have a mom anymore. So, and we have our awesome brothers, but our, me and my sister are super close. So that's awesome. So you're 16 years apart though. 16. Yeah. So she's still wow. in her twenties. <laughs> yeah. She's young. She's still a youngin. <laughs> so let's see anything else about that. Um, 
Oh yeah. I mean, I could tell you that. Do you want me to tell you the story that, that I was, I shared with you? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we grew up in the country, which was fun because there were so many of us. And so we, we could run around or whatever, but my dad thought it'd be good to have a little farm. He's a dentist, but he thought it'd be fine to have animals and all the stuff to like help us learn how to work and all the things. So we had chickens and I, I don't know what I said. I think I told you I was like 12 or 14. I, oh, I guess 12, but we had to go out and then you, we would raise the chickens and then we'd go out and cut the heads off the chickens and then we'd eat the chicken. One time it was my job to hold the body of the chicken. So they cut the head off and I hold the body. Oh my gosh. Uh. So I was holding the body. But at 12 and like just the trauma of seeing it all happen, I let go of the body and then the body still has instincts and reaction and it has all this. So it just reacts, it flips everywhere. So oh. there's no head, but the body's just flipping all over and it's. Oh my gosh. Traumatic. Traumatic. So at 12, I was like, I think that happened. And then like, like say a week later, we were like on a barbecue or whatever and they had chicken. Like, yes, chicken. <laughs> like I've never eaten And I was like, there is no way I'm eating that. And so I guess just like the chocolates when I got sick from the chocolates and just that experience with the chicken, I was like, I will not. And then after that, then my brothers, we had cows. They're like, look at those cows. That's what you're eating. So I became a vegetarian like around 12 or 14 in my life. And then I, I mean, I guess there's been one or two times when I've been pregnant or something, I'll eat meat just because I feel like I have to, but I've been vegetarian since then. Just the trauma of my childhood. No one else. They didn't care, but for me, you're the only one traumatized by it. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because I feel like I also feel like I kind of know your parents because Stephanie loves your mom and dad so much. So can you tell us a little bit about your parents, maybe their kind of their relationship or. Yeah, that's super fun. And I have to lie. Like, I mean, I have to lie. I have to back up. I'm not going to lie. Um, they are, so you'll, as you hear, as I talk through this podcast there, they are actually um, plant-based eaters or raw eaters. So they don't eat meat, but this did not happen when I was younger. It happened when I was older. So um, yeah, my mom and dad were, they're super cute. They were, they, um, their biggest thing for our family was just to raise our family and like help us be happy and do all the things maybe at my mom's expense <laughs> short of her life. A lot of work served. with that many kids. Yeah. She served in such great capacity, but her thing was always just being there at the crossroads and being there for us, especially with eight kids. That's a lot. And then my dad was so good at supporting her so that she could support us. And it was, I mean, we definitely had challenges in our family, but when I think about growing up, it was, for me, it's happy memories. For me, it's just like this home full, like full of peace and joy. And I'd always be so excited when I got to go home. And I, I lived after I got married and moved away. I always lived far away, but I'm always like, I have to drive home and see my family. But because just the memories made their, um, our cherished forever, you know. So mm, yeah. we had a, I mean, you know, we had our share. My brothers were crazy. There were six of them, but <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. There's a lot of yeah. boys. We still laugh and do crazy stuff together because, like, I don't know what my parents did. Somehow they did it. So we all still want to be together. It's really awesome. Well, and that's what I think is cool, learning that from, you know, Stephanie and Spencer, your brother. Like, it seems like you guys are all super close and all very um, high achievers. Like, very, you know, like, you like to compete and you like to, I feel like everybody's successful and, like, They're really just driven. A, yeah, really mm-hmm. driven. So it's like a cool... I don't know. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, I got to take some tips from your mom and dad as well. Yeah. (laughs) And all really like healthy, like, yeah. I mean, I feel like, and just driven that way too as well. So, yeah. She was, she, like, she didn't go raw until later on in life. Raw meaning she only like plant based food, but she was always into like making us carrot juice or making some sort of juice. She made homemade bread and she did all. So you could tell that like her focus was, like how important health was to her, it like trickled down to all of us. And just, she started exercising when she was younger. So we all did. And people always say this, they're like, there's like, you guys have a mutant gene. Like you guys have a different gene in your family. Or like, I just always right. And I'm like, maybe, but more so, I think it just goes to show like how important being a parent is and the influence you have. And it's not even like all the things they said, it was the example that they set for all of us and just doing what they knew was going to be best for them and like how to like be an example of that. I think that's how we all learn to be driven and we all glean to exercise as a way to help us in life. And we know that food fuels us and I, all we're all on different levels, but all I'd say all six of my brothers and my sister, we all, we all took a part of that. And so it was yeah, cool. It's yeah. really cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So, um, so you grew up in Idaho falls, right? Mm-hmm. Or, sorry. Did I say that? Yes. <laughs> and so, okay. And where are you at now? And how'd you end up there? So I'm in Colorado Springs right now. Okay. And, um, I got married a little later in life. I mean, 
I guess later I was 25. My husband's 27, but we got married. Then he went to medical school in Arizona. So we lived in Arizona and he took a Navy scholarship. So we went to California. He did some training there. Then he became a flight surgeon. So he went to Florida and then he did, he became an, after you do your payback for military, then he decided to residency for emergency medicine. So then we went to Texas and then now we're in Colorado Springs and he's no longer in the military, but he's, he's an emergency medicine physician. So that's what got us here. My brother lives here and we love it here. So. Oh, wow. That's awesome. what brought us You've had to Colorado. Lot of, yeah, all yeah. adventures, lots of places. That's, that's awesome. really cool. Yeah. And not too far from Idaho Falls so you can get home. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I was. So it, this is like such a beautiful experience because our beautiful thing that I thought, cause when we lived in Texas it was 24 hours to get home and we were trying to figure out where my husband was going to like take a job. He, and he's like, I think I'll take it in Texas. And I was like, no, I need 12. I need to be at least 12 hours or less to my parents' house. Yeah. Not like a drivable distance. Yeah. yeah. Not knowing that like what would really happen in the next few years once I moved here. And it was so awesome because it's 11 hours from my house. From oh, here. awesome. Nice. Like just a little under 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just oh, barely. You made it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. So I guess now we can get into your, now, you know, with the background, your life transition that we're talking about today. And so um, a few years ago, your mom was diagnosed with her ALS, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about what was going on in your life when that happened and kind of what that meant for you and her and your relationship and yeah. So I don't even know where to start with it, but um, I guess I'll just background information. Mm-hmm. I was such in a different place when my mom got diagnosed because anyways, um, anyway, so I was, she, she, I had really this huge aspiration of with my triathlon racing to make it to this place called Kona, which is the world championship. So when my, like, I remember in 2018, that was like everything I wanted and I didn't get it. And so in 2019, I was getting super close to doing this race and, um, my mom was kind of starting to get sick. I'm like, this is this. Well, we didn't know she was sick. So it was in May and my huge race was going to be in June. And all my focus was just like, I got to, I want to get on the podium. I need to get to Kona. And, um, the reason I'm telling you, it still makes sense in just a second. But in May, she just started not being able to talk as well. And her voice started getting interesting. And we're just like, you're going to be fine, mom. You're going to be fine. She's super healthy. I mean, she eats raw food. So that's only the only food she ate. She exercises multiple hours every day at 65. Like she's super healthy, working out of the gym, all the things, doing all the cardio. And so we're just like, well, I'm sure I'll work through this. And she did all the testing. There was nothing wrong with her. And anyways, come to find out. So two days before I was doing Ironman Boulder, which is a qualifier for Kona, she comes back from the doctor and she's like, and she kind of already knew she'd written me a few letters kind of suspecting that something was never going to be right again. But I just was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to believe that. And then they told her like, you have ALS, which is, um, when you have ALS, there's no cure for ALS. So basically like, okay, so when you have it, you're yeah. going to, this is how you're exiting this life. Right. Right. And she told me on, well, she told me on Thursday night, she told me Thursday and my race is on Sunday. And, um, I remember just being like, obviously crying hysterically, but she just is like, kept being like, I want you to do this race. Anyways, the reason I'm saying this is because I ended up doing this race. I won this race. I got to go to oh. Kona where I wanted, but that it was just so interesting how everything changed so much because my focus became like my mom and she was like this gratitude thing, this grace thing that when I raced, but my, everything switched to me to realizing like my priorities, of course, I still wanted to do that race, but my priorities became like my mom. But I saw how the shift was so important because that, that getting that race made me like train all the way so I could go to Kona. But as my mom was dying, I got to train for something that I normally would have just not trained. I would have just probably been with my mom and just did exercise here and there. But since I had that, my mom's like, I, and she's like, I want to see you do this race. I want to, this is like your dream. And so it was my staple as I was going through it, but it was no longer like this thing I had to achieve. It was like, this is just my anchor to help me get through the most important thing was like losing my mom. Cause she's always been right. my best friend. So, hmm. so it was like, um, it changed me forever in a way that you don't know because you don't know what it's like to lose your mom until you lose your mom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it was just like, um, everything that she taught me became like 20 billion times even more important in my life. So all the things I learned from her and then knowing that she was leaving and now that she is gone, it became so important for me to glean everything so that I could carry on her legacy because she's no longer here. So it was, it was like a bittersweet, beautiful, like transition out of this life that she did. And I like the grace she displayed when everything shuts down at ALS. So she had bulbar. So it shuts your, um, she had bulbar is different. Most people that hits their limbs, but for her, it hit her mouth. Mm 
So she would get where she couldn't breathe. Almost like she's choking because you've just breathed involuntarily, but she right. had some breathing. So to just do that and know that her physical elements were starting to kind of shut down, like she couldn't use her hands as much, but she still to the, like, honestly, until she went to a coma, she walked the night before. Cause like, it was just like, I'm not going to like, I'm not just going to give into this, this illness. I'm right. going to everything I can. She ate raw up till the end. She just um, blended everything up because you can't eat because you can't swallow so she just like, as I look at her life and the courage that she had to just keep trying. And she had a lot of like mental challenges as well. And she, she just used so much courage that like, anytime I get down, I'm like, my mom had so much courage to keep trying. So, so yeah. So now she's just my inspiration and she's like, I feel like she's my guiding light in everything I do. Now. Right. For sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's super hard. I lost my mom August of 2020 and it's not it's not easy. It's super hard. But I do think if you can see the beauty in it, and like you said, a bittersweet thing, like I feel like all the things she taught me and all the things that I learned from her came back so strong. Like, and I feel it all the time where I'm like, oh, my mom would do it like this. Or my mom taught me this thing because she was very, very service oriented, would always do for others. And I realized how much, how selfless she was because she just didn't do a lot for herself. But I think when she's alive, I didn't really recognize some of those things because she was just there and she was my mom and that's what she did but when she's gone then you recognize like the amazing things that they taught you or that they did for others and for you yeah so and then you realize the way they carry on is through you like the way their legacy carries on is for you to live the way that like all the things they taught you and then they get to carry on through you so yeah right actually yeah your Mm -hmm. mother's day episode was like super inspiring to me because I think the way to think of the gifts she gave you, but then think of the gifts that I can give my kids because of her. It's like a full circle of, you know, where it's hard to have Mother's Day because she's gone. But then if you can just think of ways to honor her instead and then use those things towards, you know, your kids or other people, then that's the way to honor her and yeah stuff. So yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, that was really good. People ask if Mother Day's, Mother's Day is hard. I'm like, no, like I feel like my mom's close by anyways. So like it's just a time to honor her even more. Like you said, like the things you learn from your mom, like service, you just, you want to do those more because you're just like, it just connects you more. Yeah. Wherever. You feel closer to her and feel connected. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, for sure. Right. Yeah. She said when she was leaving this life, she was like, I can do more from the other side than I can from here. <laughs> so. Yeah. Especially if, yeah, when your body's, my, my mom's a similar, she had Alzheimer's, but it presented a lot like ALS because she started losing her bodily functions before her mind, mm-hmm. which isn't typical for Alzheimer's, but um, yeah, it's like, mm. it's hard to be their true selves when their body's breaking down. So yeah. yeah. If it was your body or your like, my mom couldn't even say at the end what she want, she'd write it down, but it was different, but it, it just helps. I think also on that aspect, it just helps you appreciate what we have, why we have it. Like if we have the ability to speak, if we have the ability to move our body, we don't know what we have until it's gone. But if we can be grateful and want what we actually have, it's, it's does it's amazing because then you just, instead of like wanting what we don't have, we want what we have and we're grateful. It, there's just so much more power that comes from that. And see, I think that's why I changed the way I raised too, because I was like, I get the chance to move. I mean, hence, I don't really get a chance to move right now because of my surgery. But when I was racing before, I was like, yeah, like I get today and I'm going to do today exactly what I can because there's no guarantee for tomorrow. And I use that so mantra true. with my mm. mom and all of us. When you lose someone, you don't ever, yeah. you're never guaranteed, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. true so, true. so she was, so she passed away in September, 2019. How, when was she died? Like how quick of a, cause I do know ALS is pretty. She got diagnosed in June. It was like, I think my oh, race wow. was June, right? So it would have been like June 6th. She got diagnosed and then she died September. Yeah. So she okay. was nine, it was like 90 days, maybe like 95 days from when she got diagnosed until when she passed away. So I did the race. And Kona was like, what, three and a half months away. So by the time I did the race qualified, my mom passed away before I did my world championship. Oh, wow. She passed away like three or four weeks before that. Yeah. So So I'm sure you were just like, she was on your mind the entire time. And yeah, she's like, I'm going to see you race. And I was like, and I knew she, like no one in my family knew she was going to die. I knew she was going to die. I'm like, you're not going to see me race. She's like, yeah, I am. So when I got to the race, I was like, yeah, she got to see me race just in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. A different Aww. viewpoint. Yeah. Different viewpoint. That's a good point, Chantel. Different yeah. viewpoint. <laughs> so it's interesting because there's September 2019 and, um, you know, not only are you going through a lot of personal changes, but COVID's around the corner. 
and you kind of mentioned that, you know, when we did our outline. So I was just curious um, and how that played into it. And I know that her passing kind of spurred you on to, you know, kind of diving into some new things. So maybe you could kind of lead us down that road a little bit. Yeah. I mean, obviously not knowing COVID was going to happen. Right. <laughs> no one knew. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I was busy, like with a lot of things when my mom first passed away. And I, to be honest, I actually wanted her to pass away because I didn't want to see her suffer because mm. ALS, you suffer, you, you can be, have it for years because it's just a slow process, but it hit mm. her in a very critical place. So she was able to go faster. So I think when, when she died and all the things I was, I, I was sad, but I just knew that she wanted that she wanted to go. She did not want to stay in a body like this. So I, I wasn't sad then. And then we had all, you know, my race and then we went on trips. And I think I was just trying to stay busy, but, um, I was writing this in, in the outline It's just kind of like, it hit me at Christmas time that like, she's really gone. Right. And she's never coming back. And I just, um, now that I'm a life coach, I understand what really happened, but I was just like, maybe I'm not strong enough to handle like life without her. Maybe I really can't. And that actually was the saddest thought of my whole time. Like I just could not stop crying. It really yeah. like me into a downward spiral and it was like hard with Christmas and all this stuff. and. So I, I knew my mom was getting sick though. There was something else I had to do with my life, but I, I, kind, I got, kind of got put on hold when she was passing away. Cause I wasn't really thinking about what was I going to do. But anyway, so Christmas, I hit rock bottom with her passing and into January, I just started like, it started coming, like I was healing a little December hit. And then I just kind of started having to work on the grief and let, let it come out. But by January, I was like, it started presenting as that itself again that like there's something else you need to do there's more there's more that you need to do and so I was like bringing that idea back into my mind and kind of nurturing that but still like trying to heal from grief and it was just kind of like a mumbo jumbo of emotions right. <laughs> and so but by February still again not knowing that COVID is in March in February my girlfriend's like just come to this thing it was um it was uh, better than happy Jody Morris she's like just come to this thing I'm like I don't want to she's like just come with me she's like works for Jody. So I went to it basically begrudgingly, but I was struggling with it with a few personal relationships of my own in my family. So I actually did. I was like, I'll go because I want her to coach me on a few things. So I went and it was just all the stars aligned at that point. And she coached me on something like that I was struggling with, with one of my children. But as she said the words, which I'm sure this happens to lots of people, it was like my mom was actually like saying the words that she was saying back to me. And it was like so pivotal in my life. And I went home, I went, I went to that conference in Utah and then I went to my dad's house in Idaho and I read the letter my mom had writ- written me. I asked her to write me a letter because I knew she was dying. I'm like, we write me a letter and I'll read it when I'm ready. So in February, I was like, I'm ready to read what she wrote me. And so I read that the same time I had this experience of like getting coached and like feeling like my mom was telling me all these things. And those two experiences together, I came home having no intentions of like starting a business, of doing life coaching, anything like that. And by the next week, I'd signed up to be a life coach. I was starting wow. And That's I was awesome. like, we're changing everything. Well, I guess by, I guess that was two weeks because that was like, say like the last week in February or the very first week in March. And then COVID hit the next week, but I'd oh. already signed up. I'd already said I was doing all the stuff. <laughs> so you were like signed up for the schooling for it. Like the certification. Yeah, so you have to do okay. it as a year uh, certification. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And I did that wow. and then COVID hit and I was like, oh, well, I guess this is great because I'm going to have tons of time to work on my That's stuff. That's true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> so I feel like my mom might have, like hindsight, I think my mom was fueling me to like put all these pieces together, but I didn't realize mm-hmm. then. But um. I know we're on, I know that we are not on video, but this right here is like me and my mom. It's a picture of my mom. So you can't see it, but it says Teeth Johnson, but oh, it sits it. next to me all the time. My sister-in-law made it for me, but I feel like she's like, let's do this team together. Like I, this is Aww. what I want you to share. And then she, and that was it. And then now that's what we're rolling with. Like it was just so fast. And so like, that's it. That's what the idea was. That's awesome. And then yeah. with all the things she taught me with food all the things that I know triathlons and with my life coaching, it just came together. And when that happens, you're like, the only way that happens is like the stars have to align. And yeah, like, I think right. awesome. that's super cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, it's that bittersweet shift. I love how you said that, you know, as soon as you said that, me and Chantel are like, that is the perfect description of her right. story, you know, because it's like a really cool thing you're doing and an exciting thing and something you feel like your mom's right by your side, but yet your mom, you know, past. Yeah. And so it's like this, yeah, yeah, that's hard, but that's a, 
but it's so cool what you did with it too. I mean, it says a lot to your character, you know, it's so hard. Like, cause you could be I mean, stuck in the, the grief still mm-hmm. in December and still be stuck there. Cause there are days of, I mean, with my mom where I'm like, this is just so hard and not fair. And then it's when I'm really like hurting for my dad. Yeah. But what, you know, what they probably are leaving with us is don't do that. Like, because we're not here, do all things we can't do or that we wish we could do or that we know you are capable of doing and changing the world or helping people or, you know, raising your kids or whatever it is. So I say to my sister, I'm like, I wish mom was here so I could like share with her all the life coaching stuff that I'm learning or all these other things I'm learning. And she's like, mom's probably like helping you learn all that stuff. And I'm like, you're right. (laughs) You know? And so whenever I like miss that she's here, I'm like, I don't actually miss that anymore because I know that she's here and I know everyone has their own beliefs, but it's been, it's been beautiful because I feel like I never lost her in that way. Like I lost her to this earth life, but I didn't lose her in other ways because she's a part of everything I do. Like when I do my food, I like glean from everything I trained underneath her with my food. And like the way that she taught me to like this body we have is the only body we have. And to help people see that, like, that's the legacy I get to carry on. Cause she was way ahead of her time with everything. And then she, my dad's like, she gave you and Kelsey these, this gifts you guys could carry on. Cause my mom always like had this premonition. She was going to go early. And so she get like, we are like, kind of maybe not right mom, but she always knew. And so I think she was like, I'm going to give you everything that I can. I'm going to teach you all the things. And now, I mean, my brothers have it too, but my sister started business and I started this. And so we are carrying on what she taught us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So what, so I guess what some of the, what are some of the challenges that you like faced when you started to go down this journey? I'm sure it wasn't like all easy (laughs) starting a coach and your business. And I think with anything that you're willing to do, and I tell my clients this all the time is like, if you're willing, I, I had this it's called a blueprint, but it's like the ACE. It's like when we're aware that something's shifting. And then that was for me, like I was, I, I finally like knew that like something needed to happen different. But the thing is like, it's called ACE because you have awareness, but then you have to commit to doing something that's going to be hard and uncomfortable to get to this excellence that you know that you need to get to. And so it's in this like commitment, I call it this, called the CFCs, but it's the commitment, it's the courage, it's the uncertainty, it's the like challenges, all the stuff is there. And if we're not aware that's there and we go blind to that, we won't stay with something that's hard because starting a business is hard, doing that's hard. But when I committed to it, I had something, I knew where I wanted to go. Like I don't, I didn't know how to get there, but I knew, and I had that excellent, that excellent vision insight. So the commitment, like I just stay commitment. I stay committed, which gives me the consistency that I just show up over and over again, which gets me some capacity to be better at what I do. But the commitment is what people I fail at sometimes and other people fail at is just being committed. And inside of that, like I have four kids, I have a husband that's physician that's busy a lot. And I, I'm, I was competing pretty heavily as a triathlete. And so taking that all into balance and trying to figure that out. Um, if I'm not careful, I get into overwhelm pretty easily. And I, and when I get into overwhelm, I shut down a little bit more. So just having to be more mindful of, What's important? How do I prioritize my time? How do I stay committed to what I know is the greater mission for me has been, I go back to it like every day. I'm like, where's my commitment? Where's my focus? Where's my priorities? You know? Right. That's so good. And it it was a transition for my family because they had no idea that I was going to start working. I mean, I had it right. Right. uh, up until I had my second kid, I was a personal trainer and I worked at a wellness center, but then I had my second child and my husband was in medical school and I didn't work and, and I never really pictured myself working. I mean, I help people with their food or I help them with their exercise plan, but not as a business. So it took my family, like they're super supportive, but I think it was a little bit of a shock and we all had to adjust, which luckily was during COVID. So we didn't go anywhere, but we yeah. all had to adjust to like me now. I mean, it was always my husband working and now adjusting to like, I work from home, but I, I had things to do and, and some things had to be set aside. And my husband was like, I mean, it's not like I'm ever really that good clean the house, but I wasn't even, I was getting a little bit lost. <laughs> <of that>. Yeah. <laughs> so accepting, understanding and like being a team and like them honoring like my new dream and my new goals. Right. And doing that also helps your kids see that like, as even a mom or a parent, like we don't have to like sacrifice if we want to do something just because we're an adult. Like we don't have to stop living on our dreams. So right. And I think that's a really good example for your kids, you know, like 
it's good for them to go through transitions and seeing the transition of mom being like kind of always around to mom having something that's really important to her. So let's learn how to support her or learn how to live in a little bit different way, like is important for them in their future, you know, and to show like, and the cool thing about your business is it's helping others. So yeah, you can call it a business, but it's also like a service. I mean, you're helping people with their health and helping people with, you know, their, you know, exercise and their motivation and life coaching. And it's like, that's really cool. I'm sure to see like, oh, my mom, you know, helps people do yeah. this and this and this. It's pretty cool. Well, and I'm sure the things you've learned have helped with your kids and like, yeah, just helping them with things too. So, but I think it's good for kids to learn that independence, like, oh, and especially because your kids were kind of at an older, a little bit older where they probably could pick up some slack and I'm kind of at that yeah. point where I'm like, okay, come on kids. I can't think you're ready you to pick have, up slack yeah, with this podcast. Okay. Come on guys. You can, <laughs> you can handle this while yeah. we're recording. Yeah, okay? exactly. Yeah. Cause my kids just, as everyone knows they're in junior high and I have a daughter in college. So yeah, I, um, I, I never wanted that. And it's totally for anyone, however you want to do it. But when I was younger, like I didn't even have any, or like, I didn't have this idea that I need to do something because I was just like enthralled in that. And that was, that was what I wanted to do then. That was the phase then. And then now right. it's like a different phase for me. And I think that shows you too that like times and phases and like cycling through, they all matter. And there's all different times and seasons for everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. for sure. I love that. It's so important to remember as a mom, like we don't have to stay in one role or one specific, even like line of job or where, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's open to possibility. So anyway, I love that. As I think sometimes as a mom, we think like, I'm just supposed to be a mom forever. And it's going to be this, I'm going to have a kids forever. I'm like, no, like it's going to like life is, there's not like a set thing with life. Like you said, it just kind of like flows. And, and if there's a time, like you're like, well, I'm transitioning, like instead of like resist it or maybe be like, oh, there is something I'm feeling this transition that this is, I can't do this. It's like, I always tell people to be open to the idea because if you have an idea and it comes to you and you keep pushing it away, eventually it'll go to someone else. So yeah. maybe it's not the right time. You can still keep nurturing that. And maybe there'll be a time that you do have a transition or there'll be a time when you do switch things around and accepting that and, and like being curious about it keeps things open. So you don't have to live in a small box. You're like, no, there's, there's possibilities everywhere. Yeah. You know? Right. I like that for sure. Yeah. That's so good. Um, so I love that perspective that you just shared. Do you have any other perspectives that you gained just all the things that you've kind of gone through in the past few years, anything else, you know, you'd like to share? Yeah. I mean, for sure. I love what I do. I mean, I, I have so much passion and I loved connecting with people. My biggest thing is I love people coming raw to the table, meaning like instead of like a lot of the friends that we put up, you know, when we talk to people, when we coach and we get, we do like the coaching model that I talk about, we get to our thoughts and our feelings. It helps people pull back a layer of themselves that like a lot of people don't get to see. And I get to see like a genuine person. And that to me is a priceless gift that like a lot of people in life don't get to see. And selfishly, like I do the work along with all my clients. So from where I was to where I am now teaching them, like, you know, when you become a teacher, you learn so much more. And so I teach mm -hmm. them at the same time, all the things I teach them, I like have to apply to myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't know if you want to, if you want me to share about this, but, um, please, I guess yeah, anything <laughs> we're open. I'm in the process right now. I'm always like, it's so easy when you're on the outside, right? Like I can talk about my mom because I already went through it and I've, I've healed enough to like, it's like an honor for me now, but um, I always tell, like, I remember in January of just this year, we were at a retreat for Team Elevate and someone, cause my podcast is called Beyond Your Comfort Zone. Mm -hmm. And someone said to me, like, you don't even do anything to go out of your comfort zone. One of my clients said to me, cause we were all at the retreat. She's like, what do you do to get out of your comfort zone? I'm like, I do things, you know, I push myself all this stuff. But I mean, I was like, like I, I have, I have things running pretty smoothly. And so then in February I had a ski accident and um, everything kind of changed for me. And all the things I taught my clients for like the last two years, I was like, all oh, this stuff is real. I went to like a lot of dark places. I like doubted myself. I was like really humbled by the fact that like I had ACL, so I need, need re reconstruction surgery. So every race I planned, like I had the world championships coming up for my Ironman. I had, wow. I had lined all my team up for all these races and like, and that's no longer my cards, but just like having to pull back a layer of like the athlete I thought I was, I realized that like I use that for a lot of my, not on purpose. It was just a lot of my front of who I was when that was taken away. Then like I had to figure that work out. And so like it has been, I'm still in it and it's been like raw and painful, but I was just telling my sister-in-law, we had a sister-in-law's retreat and my sister, I'm like, you know what? I feel more alive than I ever have because when we were willing to accept all the emotions that come into our life, even the hard and the painful, 
it's only my bad if I don't learn from this. If I don't take this experience and change me into someone better, then it, then it's at my loss and it's at my expense. And so I like, I mean, I learned a lot. My mom died, but for some reason this like what hit like a lot, like really deep because I think it hit me to the core of like who I am without mm. race and doing all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's been a process. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Cause that is that like, is yeah. it is hard. Like when you, yeah. When you think life's just kind of going how it's planned and you're yeah helping people and then you're like, something unexpected can happen. And yeah. And you're so ambitious. I'm sure that really fuels you like all of your racing and your, I mean, it's amazing. Like you're going to the world championship, you know, those kind of levels is just, I mean, it's, I can't even imagine. So, but then to be, yeah, to be, so you had your surgery in February. Is that right? Um, I had my accident in February. My surgery is in March. So okay. today I'm three months for my surgery. And and like, I think this is like the lesson to learn is that we can choose what we can do or what we can't do. And we can put our attention in that direction. And so, although that I couldn't be racing, there are still things that I can do. And I think my doctor was annoyed because I was like, okay, what can I do now? What can I do now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm back to biking a couple hours. I can run like five or six miles now and I can swim. I mean, I was just like determined that like I would do what I can and like, I'm going to like pal, I can't do anything there, like because of my knee, like this weird move. But I'm like, if I want to stay in that story and be sad of all the things I can't do, that would be a really hard place. And I get there sometimes, but other times I'm just like, listen, like I tell my clients the same thing. Like when we're trying to get to weight loss or with our exercise, like let's focus on the things we can. Let's focus on the food that we can put in instead of all the things we restrict. There's so much more energy and there's more abundance. There's more gratitude when we do that. And so I've really had to do that work. And every time I find myself like kind of feeling bad for myself or like can't do this, I'm like, I could do that. It just doesn't feel very good. Or I can just be like, well, this is my time. Like it has happened for a reason. And this is my time to find what I can do. And, and that's what I've been doing. (laughs) Super good attitude. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that, like choose your hard uh, concept that I keep hearing about too. Yeah. You could be sad and focus on the negative of it and that would be hard. Or you can, yeah, try to you know, keep going and working it, pushing your body in ways that you can. And that's hard too, but it's beautiful. I mean, I feel like if we can accept the experiences that we have in life, instead of like, try to get rid of them, or when we have transitions that maybe aren't even what we, we wanted, like, I didn't really want this transition, but we have transitions we choose and we have transitions probably that exactly. we, yeah. we don't choose. But if we're willing to like embrace it and accept it and move through it, like I'm still in it, but I'm moving through it. Then we change as a person. And we become closer to who we want to become because we are allowed experiences in life to change us. If we didn't have experiences and we stayed in a small box, we wouldn't be the person that we really truly want to become. So like, even when we choose our heart, it's like, I'm choosing my heart because there's an opportunity for more growth and there's opportunity for me to be better while I'm in this Mm -hmm. life, why I'm still living. I get to be alive. Yeah, totally true. Well, and even in the long run too, like now that you've been through this, I mean, like your clients were telling you at that retreat yeah. in the long run, like you even have that much more to relate to with them. So I think so many other people to help because you have, you know, those experiences. That's whenever I think about the hard things I've had happen in my life, usually it does come where I like, oh, I can empathize, sympathize. I can give advice. I can be in someone's space and and understand them when otherwise I maybe wouldn't, I wouldn't because I right. hadn't been there. You know, there's some things you can kind of understand, but you can't really completely, you know, em- empathize with someone unless you've been in their shoes. And so yeah. it makes it easier to have other people that you can influence or help or, you know, so that's probably super important for your, you know, your work and your life and the people in your life. So yeah, yeah that's super, super awesome. For sure. You mentioned that um, you started your podcast because of something that your mom mm. said. Yeah. Want to talk about that? Yeah. When she, so Bulbar, the ALS is when she couldn't talk. So she got diagnosed in June and by like July, she couldn't talk anymore. So she had no verbal communication. She could just write, but she wrote it to me like towards the end, we had got together for a siblings weekend and we were, that was like the last time all my siblings were with my mom. And she wrote down, she's like, cause in case you didn't know, I'd love to talk. So she's like, I hope this is never taken away from you, your ability to talk, you know, cause she got taken away from her. And she's like, I hope that you use your voice so everyone in the world can hear it. And so I can't even remember exactly how she said, I wish I would have written it down. She probably did write it down somewhere. I just don't have the paper, but, um, it just really, every time I was like nervous or why am I doing this? I just went back to that, that like, whoever hears my voice in this world, if it's a few people, if it's a lot of people, 
that I still have a voice and I want my voice to be heard. And more so I want to like, I want to hear the voice that I have to say. I want to, I want to understand and hear me. And, but when I share with others, I actually understand myself better and I kind of unwind by talking. And so I, when I decided in March to be a life coach and certify, then I was like, I'm doing a podcast. So that was in March and in April I launched a podcast because I was like, my mom's like, I want people to hear your voice. And so even though I was literally so scared when I launched it, and I didn't really have a lot of followers because I just barely started doing this. I was just like, no, this is what my mom said. And I really took that to heart. I believed her. And I was like, someone needs to hear my message. And I still believe that to this day that like, maybe there's people that don't need to hear it, but there's people that need to hear the very thing I have and the experiences that I've learned and their mess, the message that I have will touch them in the way that needs to touch them because the way they interpret it. And so I don't ever, ever, when I get doubting myself, I'm like, no, like if there's another person that can hear what I have to say right. or can touch their life, then I'll just keep doing this. And the thing is, even if it's just one person, yeah. like everybody's, you know, everybody's important and has worth. And so it's like, whether you, your pot, you know, podcast reaches a thousand people or one, like if someone's learning from you or getting inspiration or, you know, wanting to change their life, in, you know, for the better, then that's all worth it. And yeah, I think that's your mom. so cool. Like how you kind of took that and made it literal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they can't hear her voice, but they can hear yours. So I just yeah. love it. I think it's really cool. That that's was like, it's always my motivation. And she, and she wanted me to hear my voice. And yeah. I know that like where I'm at right now is exactly where I'm supposed to be like sharing the things I have and with the good and the bad. It's like, I'm the person that that needs to do what I do. And right. Yeah. It's just, yeah it helps those days that are hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you said, and I like, um, you know, you sharing that you just kind of dove into your podcast, you know, just kind of doing it without totally being into the work yet, because I, you said yeah. this to us once before. So for listeners that wouldn't know, like Cami actually helped us a few months ago when we were on in the early stages of even thinking yeah. about podcasting, luckily we knew Stephanie, who's Cami's sister-in-law, connected us with Cami, and she was nice enough to share with us about podcasting. Anyway, she's been a huge help to us and just like super fun to talk to and just an awesome person all around. But anyway, you said this back then and it stuck into my head about the perfect work thing. Can you share a little bit about that? Like just your motto around that? Because I think it's very helpful. You can apply it to so many um, aspects of life. Well... I, I think you're talking about like B minus work, right? Yes. Because yeah. it's hard sometimes, you know, we're aiming for A, we're taught to aim yeah. for the A, which isn't a bad thing, but yeah, you know. it's, I don't think aiming for A is bad. I mean, if you shoot mm-hmm. for the sun, then you get the stars, right? Sometimes, but I just think for, for me in my life, I, I just like put stuff out. Like I started my podcast being like, you know, what? I didn't, I hardly knew anything about podcasts. I just got on it on YouTube and I had some people tell me stuff, but I just started it and and I tell this with everyone is like, we, we think we have to be a, before we start something and it's what that does is delays us starting. So I'm like, listen, if we could just start a B minus, so I did that podcast, we started B minus. And then as we continue to show up, like every single week, I think I'm on like 115 or 16 now. I don't know what I'm at. Oh, yeah. but every week I just showed, I, I just would show up on my podcast. I would do something on my podcast. And I mean, I would think it's gotten better and I have more followers and all these things, but like I've learned yeah. so much, but I think if I would have, this is honest truth. I think if I would have waited to start to have you perfect, I don't think I would have started because I would have got more scared knowing like actually what you had to do to have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're just doing it and we're learning as we go. And I mean, I did the same thing with triathlons. I was like, I'm going to go to the world championship someday. Having seriously no idea what the world championship was. And that was like in, <laughs> in 1999. And, you know, it took me 20 years. It took me 20 years to get my goal. But I tell wow. people all the time, I'm like, what is the rush? Like, I know people want to be rushed, but I'm like, listen, like we, if we do B minus work and we show up, we do it, we're learning as we go. Then we get better. We get consistent. We get capable. We get this confidence. And I mean, I do that. I, I did it with my food till now. I'm in a place with my food. Like I understand how to do my food, but I think so many times people think I got to switch it all at once and I got to do it. And it's just they think they have to be perfect, and what happens is usually like they drop off because that's right a burnout. Really hard, mm-hmm. It's a really hard place to think we got to be perfect. Never, that's really actually never so. I'm just like, eventually we can get to A work. Sometimes sometimes it's gonna be A, and sometimes it's still gonna be B minus. And I'm just like, well, right. I'm and you never get to A if you didn't start. So yeah, yeah. I actually really really like you will most likely eventually get you know closer to the A work if you can be okay starting with the B minus. So yeah. 
that was helpful for us, I think, too, when you told us that in the beginning, because we're like, okay, then, because we have no idea, you know, and we're like, oh, yeah, okay, well, let's just And I felt like the imposter syndrome was huge for me. I'm like, what makes me think I can do a podcast? Yeah. But I was like, kind of with Cam, like, Cammy just did a podcast. She didn't really think about whether or not she could do it. She just did it. Yeah. So let's just do it. Yeah. Because sometimes we overthink too, too much. We're like this and this and this, and you're like, you know what? That takes so much time. Let's just do it, right? And I'm so proud of you guys. You guys just... You know, you just got to take that leap. Oh, sorry. I, I usually coach people on this board, but like, it's just that leap of like being aware of what you're going to do and just committing to it. And then that commitment, and it doesn't mean it's going to be without hiccups, without failure. Right. Just, like this morning with our, but our technical know. difficulties. <laughs> yeah. But that's actually how you learn. Like, you know, when yeah. you're trying to figure out all these different systems, you're like, okay, well, I learned that one works and this one doesn't work. And then you're that much further ahead because you're like, true. oh, this one kind of had a bump back, but you're like, now I know. I'll do something different. And I'm like, this exactly. is where it's good to get further ahead. Like we think as we've gone back and I'm like, well, it's just something you can check off your list. That that's not the avenue I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down a different avenue now, you know? Exactly. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Super true. Okay. Well, how are you at time? Should we wrap up? Are you needing to pass? Yeah, we can be done. This has been yeah, so fun. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. So we kind of want to end all our um, episodes with, you know, kind of going back to the, our theme or the yeah. name of our podcast, beautiful yeah. shifts. So um, how do you find beauty in life after going through this transition? So I, I think the beauty has come um, honestly from connecting more with myself. Like I think everything in life happens for a reason and that my mom's passing was, was what it needed to be. I mean, I wish she was still here, but I know she's not. And so the beauty that's come from that is that, I I am developing more of who I want to be and I'm seeing things in such a different light. And unfortunately it was because of her passing that like I kind of got new, new glasses, a new perspective, but I wouldn't change anything because the way I see life now um, is such a bigger perspective. And it's, it's like, you know, you can go to a small mountain and look around or you can just keep going up to a higher mountain. And now I see like, like beautiful vistas. I see all these things and I know that I can go even higher. Like this is just the beginning, but it's beautiful to know that we're empowered to do this work to get, like everyone has this chance to like uncover more about themselves. If we're willing to take that, you know, that discomfort that it takes us, I say, go beyond your comfort zone, whatever it is, like be willing to commit to something that's, that's not where we're at. Like commit to doing something more and you'll get a different perspective. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> and then it becomes sure. beautiful as you're just like this is what life is for is like to learn from the experiences and and connect with people along the way and that's and that's what I do and I'm like I can't imagine my life without this now mm. yeah yeah that's so good I love that too I love how you use the imagery of you know going up the mountain and and widening your perspective so that's beautiful thank you so much right um, well, thank you so much, Cammy, for taking the time. And again, we apologize for our technical difficulties, but thanks for being just amazing all around. And so we just want everyone to know um, that you can follow Cammy on Instagram at Cammy Banks Coaching. Um, and of course, her wonderful podcast, Beyond Your Comfort Zone. And we really have loved it. Like, And yeah, I think I highly recommend the Mother's Day episode. That one really stuck with me. And I mean, my mom's still here and I'm so grateful for her, but it just, it also like really, um, like motivated me, you know, from my own just presence in my children's lives. So anyway, you're wise and you're fun and yeah, we've just had a lot of fun. Yeah. And you're everything Stephanie says about you. Yeah. (laughs) Stephanie's my biggest cheerleader, but I'm her biggest cheerleader too. I love that know. We're more like best friends too. Like it's, I mean, she's everyone's because I know like, she's the best so yeah but yeah so have fun on Lake Powell with her yeah. and your family and thanks for coming on yeah thank you so much thank you and I'm so excited to see how you guys transition goes and your journey, your journey <laughs> yes but this is a transition we are too we're excited so fun. thanks makes you feel, thanks makes you feel alive, right yes yeah. it's awesome it's fun it to have a project and like a purpose and yeah and then the whole yeah. thing like with connecting like that's kind of our whole yeah. thing we just want to hear people's stories and connect with them getting so. to know more people and stories that are inspiring so yeah. yeah. Thanks so, for sharing yours yeah, again. It was inspiring us. Really beautiful. Well, thank you for letting me be here. Okay. We'll Thanks, talk to you later. Hey, see, you. see you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and would love if you subscribed to the podcast and followed along as we continue hearing more inspiring stories. You can also follow us on Instagram at beautiful shifts podcast, where we will post updates with our latest interviews. We'd like to thank the band We The Lion for giving us permission to use their beautiful song Move Along for our podcast. Take a minute to listen to the song and the lyrics and enjoy.
find a way to know myself All my thoughts are mine again And begin to understand where to go Now it's time to move along Now it's time to move along Take this journey as my own Feel the strength right in my bones All I want is to believe Life is my own Life is my own I'll start again, my mind is free Take a chance, I won't be wrong yes, Now it's time to move along Now it's time to move along Take the 